Well, I, I appreciate you calling uh, and taking time out to talk about, you know, uh, don't look back. How are you doing? I am good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, doing well. Uh, how are things out in California? Uh, uh, dealing with the, the uh, pandemic as it is? Uh, well, um, you know, it wasn't the best in the beginning, so uh -huh. I left. I am at home with my parents right now. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. I didn't miss so, it <laughs> You, you uh, uh, got out just in time. I'm sorry, where'd you, where do you live? Or uh, Mich Michigan. Oh, well, you're right next door because I'm in the middle of Wisconsin. So there you go. Oh, hey. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, don't look back. I, I got a chance to watch this film and I, I was really uh, surprised by it. Uh, it. It surprised me quite a bit. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because I, I loved the character you played in this uh, film. And uh, before we get into some things, I always like to get uh, uh, my guest, uh, get the synopsis from you on, on um, what the movie is about in case my listeners haven't heard of it for some reason. Uh, if you could just give a summary of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I always find it's kind of difficult to not give anything away. Uh, <laughs> but I would say just most simply, it's about a girl, a woman named Caitlin who goes through a traumatic event and then we jump forward about a year later and she witnesses a terrible event and finds herself frozen within it because of what had happened to her previously. Um, and she witnesses this event with a group of five other people and slowly but surely those uh, the other people that witnessed the event start uh, dying off one by one. And so Caitlin goes on a journey where she is trying to figure out whether or not the killer is uh, supernatural. Is it someone else who witnessed the event, the event, um, whatever it may be, and just uh, trying not to lose her mind. <laughs> so how did you get involved in this project? Uh, did they approach you? Did you did you audition for it? Uh, how did you get uh, land the role of Caitlin? Uh, well, I mean, to be quite honest. I, I just recently started professionally acting. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been professionally acting since I was a teenager, but I would say professionally in California. Mm -hmm. um, so just the old, the old fashioned way I auditioned. <laughs> I got an audition. I, I don't remember now if it was the night before or the morning of, mm -hmm. but I had uh, a very quick turn around to go into the audition room didn't really have much time to memorize which is a huge thing for me I always try to memorize before um I do an audition I, I really just put the material that I had I couldn't so um that's how I got involved in it I just I I got the submission <laughs> <laughs> now uh for the Caitlin character uh did you bring anything personal how did how did you prepare for this character because uh She's a very uh, strong character, but really goes on kind of an emotional ride. So I was wondering how you prepare for a role like that. Yeah, uh, I, well, I, I think it's shown in the trailer or at least written, written down. I don't sure. think this is a surprise, but Caitlin uh, has lost her father or uh -huh. lost her mother prior to the film beginning and then loses her father at the beginning of the film. Uh, so she is a, you know, She's she is on her own now, doesn't have any siblings. She's a family of her own. And that really stuck out to me. Uh, I, I'm so blessed to still have both of my parents with me in my life. But I've had a lot of friends. Most of my close friends of the years, sadly, have lost their parents. Mm. Um, so I have 
listen to their experiences. And to me, they're just the bravest people and most courageous people I've ever known. I, I, I could not even imagine going through the world in the way and experiencing the world in the way that they do. So um, I was like, if I know that that is the core of this film, that's the root of this film that drives her without giving too much away. Um, I just reached out to my friends and I was, you know, I was like, I, I don't want to put you in an uncomfortable position. I don't want to ask you to, you know, have to open about, open up about something that you don't feel comfortable with. But simultaneously, I also don't want to be a person who pretends to tell your journey, your experience, a part of your experience in a completely inauthentic and fake way. Like I want it to be justified. And I also don't want to be self-indulgent and take advantage of what I'm asking. So it was an, it was an interesting dance in that way, but that is, that was my main form of prep. I mean, I don't really think you can prep for the psychological no. fears or jump scares, you know, that's just committing to what you believe in and, um, motivating your actions but i really wanted to know my core that character's core so that's what i used and and that does come across the screen and uh, you mentioned a belief and that with the character i i noticed uh the script that they have they don't get too heavy with it but there seemed to be a little underlying faith motivation with the caitlin character as far as religion in that goes was that mm -hmm. in the script is uh was that kind of part of it or was I reading it completely wrong, which I could be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was definitely in the film. That was also interesting that I don't even think that we, um, like Jeffrey, the director and writer, I don't even know if that was, I think it was just there. That's just how he wrote it. I don't know if he really thought about that as being an, an element of the film uh, until people started seeing it. And then he's like, oh, that's what a lot of people are picking up on actually right now. I was like, that's so interesting. But I think when we uh, went over it together, one of the ways we bound this, we were talking a lot about numerology. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I, not that it's definitely not a religion, but just we were focusing on that and spirituality and just in general, what does it mean to believe in something regardless of what that thing is? And so it's easy, you know, just to place that on. Obviously, she's pulling from uh, religion and having uh, a faith in God, but simultaneously, I think it's just in general following what you believe, mm -hmm. regardless of if anybody else agrees with you, just knowing what is true to you and keep moving forward in that direction. Yeah. And, and you, you, uh, confront that quite a bit throughout this film, uh, watching it about, uh, what is right, what you believe in, um, you know, especially the event. It's not much of a spoiler. It's in the trailer where you have the witnesses. And what I liked is your character actually had kind of motivation for, out of everybody, the probably the deepest and most authentic motivation for not doing something right away, uh, whereas everyone else just observed. And so I thought that was an interesting approach to that material, um, you know, and you played it very well especially but one thing i was getting though is they, they were like oh no one did anything but i'm like she made the phone call come on <laughs> <laughs> you know i find that so what i find so funny about this whole thing is that um you know you think about it the whole film is it's a commentary it's not telling you what to feel but it's it gives you these five people and they're saying these none of them did anything mm -hmm. But the whole point is that you're supposed to understand 
this is what's going on in this character's life in the background that makes it totally justified of why she didn't do anything. So we all need to do a better job at not judging people just off instinct because you never know what people are going through. And I think potentially some of the scenes were cut, but even when the, uh, when it was recorded, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to say, I think it, I, a lot of people do sadly film things for the sake of their own personal enjoyment. And I don't know how to not judge that. I think that's terrible. But I do actually think that the guy who filmed it, you know, in the context of that world, he's filming because he wants to make sure that if, you know, if something bad happens or goes astray, which it did, that that is something that, you know, that would help the person mm-hmm. who was getting attacked. Um, we're learning this all the time right now that it's actually really beneficial to have phones. It's bringing to life what's bring to light what's been happening around the country and the globe for so many years. It's just, it can never be addressed, but now we're all seeing it together. And so then I think it's, why are we judging all of these other characters and saying that they weren't doing anything because we don't, we're not following. It's not their personal story. It's not their journey. We're not in their heads. It's so easy to judge other people by their actions, but we drive, we judge ourselves by our intentions. So I wonder if we were to switch to one of the other characters and play out their lives mm-hmm. from a year previously, would we think it was terrible that they didn't jump in? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you've got a variety of different characters. And what I liked is this cast seemed to have a fairly diverse cast uh, mm-hmm. as well, which I really like to see. Um, you know, and from many different perspectives and then you get a twist in here. We're not going to spoil it, but I loved, mm-hmm. I loved the extra little twist, um, yeah. it, it, in here. Uh, did you know that twist was coming? Did they keep that from you or, or did you know that was coming in the script or, um, I knew it was coming mm-hmm. because of the script. I also was there. I, I only had one day off on set, and that mm. was the one day off that I had. And that was the, <laughs> that was the scene that I was most looking forward to. And my mom was my mom just happened to be in town. She flew down to visit me. So I was like, we could go hang out, or we could just go back on set. <laughs> we just watched it. So I, I definitely knew, and I, I loved um, it. And how long did the shoot take? Uh, all together because this move, film moves pretty quick but there's a lot of locations and stuff did uh take a lot of time yeah. to shoot we crammed it all in and um and it was maybe 28 days wow. um i was so surprised by how quickly the turnaround was but they pulled it off they made it work um and yeah we, we had a lot of locations but it was actually really nice to uh, bounce around i think it gave us more space to hang out actually and get to mm-hmm. know each other um and make those like that chemistry more authentic. <laughs> well, it, it does definitely come across on screen, that chemistry. Uh, everybody plays off each other. You have a detective in there who you're not quite sure where he stands. Um, and I kind of like that, too, that you had a few gray area characters in here. Um, you know, where, as you mentioned, you're not quite sure to judge. I mean, and, and that's what it seems like at its core is, do we judge? Because if we're in that situation would we actually do something or would we freeze? Right. Uh, and, and is that something that you maybe uh, questioned as well while doing this? Did this bring up anything that maybe questioned, you know, actions that you might do or in real life uh, versus, you know, uh, the movie world? Oh gosh. I know that I would freeze. I mean, my phone's ever running bit. <laughs> but, uh, if God forbid it, I don't yeah. know why we all we sit around and like plan out horrible scenarios and ask each other, what will we do? Cause we're insane. But if somebody were like break into our apartment or something, mm-hmm. one of them would like go try to attack and defend. The other one would try to get 
themselves out, but they would have to carry me with them because <laughs> I would like, I would just, I would like, I would whatever I was doing, I would just fully be frozen in that position. And that was it. <laughs> that was truly it. So that freezing scene you had in the, in the park there, that was kind of pulling from, uh, possibly real reaction you oh, might have <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i mean honestly if i could have played it as gent but uh, as organic as i would have wanted to i would have uh i just wouldn't have moved <laughs> and i i tried it and they were like no Courtney, it's not working i was like okay <laughs> that's fine <laughs> i was like i know that's what i would do uh, uh... You had a, a number of, uh, as things escalate, you get a number of action scenes and stuff near the end. Uh, was that a lot of time in planning to do those scenes? Because, uh, I mean, uh, running around in a, an abandoned, like, I mean, that place didn't look too <laughs> too great where you were, where you were <laughs> uh, yeah. doing some of those scenes. So, I mean, did that do a lot of planning? And, and did you have to do some prep work there for, for some of those scenes? Uh, yes, actually, uh, I also am trying to figure out how to respond without giving too much away, yeah. but we, the specific location you're referring yeah. to, we were there for about three days, and it was actually our last three days, um, which was really nice, and for the most part, everybody else was uh, able to go home except for the, the actors left in the scene, um, so that was just, I mean, a great, great time, because we we had all of this time just to spend like a close knit group together, cast and crew all buckled down. Um, and I feel like that was maybe one of the first times in my life where I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm really just playing while I'm doing <laughs> acting. Like I'm, you know, it's not that there are not that many lines. So sure. you're just, you have to imagine and feel and it's cold. It's four in the morning. Like you're tired and you're just like, you got to shake it out and you got to find that energy. And it's, I, I think honestly, I, I I will say that was probably the most fun. Mm -hmm. I had so much fun on set, but that was the most fun that I had had. It was amazing. Well, and uh, would that play too to when it probably what was your most challenging scene in this? Because uh, there's a lot of emotional challenges. It seemed to let you know uh, impactful, and I was just wondering which one might have been the most challenging for you. Uh, I think my most challenging you know i really don't know why this is but there was a scene that i had to do i have two answers that i usually give for this but there's a scene that i had to do with um without giving too much away with jeremy home mm -hmm. um, i don't necessarily want to point out which one right uh, we were in an office i'll put it that way oh right that one yeah mm -hmm. yeah and mm -hmm. so it was interesting because we did most of our scenes together back to back to back over a couple of days and when i did that one I don't know why, but I, I almost just felt like the void opened up under me, the ground opened up, and I was like, I don't want to fake this. Like, I don't want to pretend to be too frantic, but I don't want to be too calm. Like, mm -hmm. but how I, I was really struggling with grounding it. Right. Um, and I think potentially it was because it was such a heightened, it was such a heightened moment, right. but it wasn't heightened like the scene where you're talking about where you just have the freedom to just go <laughs> and just play. But it also wasn't heightened in a way of like, I'm. I'm just like really deep and rooted in like what I'm feeling. And if I want to cry, I can cry. And so I don't, I don't know why, but I actually found it really challenging. Not that it was, just, you know, I think there are other challenging, more challenging scenes, but to be honest, it was probably because going into it, I didn't think it was going to be difficult. Sure. So it caught me last minute. 
probably what it was. Just kind of crept up on you then. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with the theme of karma, I, I have to ask, I'm sure others have asked, do, do you believe in, in karma at all? Uh, you know, because that, that's kind of the running theme in here. And... You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. However, I think I do believe in the idea that we all um, – we all kind of exist. Well, if it, if it is true that we all exist in this like bubble together in the universe, I mean, I don't want to get too annoyingly spiritual. No, <laughs> but all no by me, all means, that's fine. <laughs> okay, then great. If we all, um, I wouldn't say that I'm a religious person, but I am definitely a uh, spiritual person. And I don't know where we come from. Like, I don't know what it is, but we're made up of, of all the same atoms together. Um, we're made all from the same earth, whatever that may be. So I think karma plays out in other lives mm-hmm. if that makes sense in other people like we all come from the same karmic value so n- no i don't believe if you do one bad thing in your life it's going to come get you mm-hmm. later on the years which honestly maybe it should maybe i <laughs> maybe i do wish that it did exist i think people wouldn't make better choices but um i just think it all comes out mm-hmm. in the wash at some point throughout life Though some people might say internet has served karma, good or bad, <laughs> with right. <laughs> internet is definitely if karma does exist, it is social media. <laughs> now <laughs> because of this, and and yeah, you mentioned it before how cameras. It seems like it's kind of a double-edged sword because cameras now are bringing to light truths that were, you know, people were able to ignore before, and now you have it viral you have it everywhere but at the same time there's many people out there who uh exploit that uh by you know doing videos taking videos of violent stuff just to go viral you know and and i think that's kind of addressed would you say here as well that's kind of what you're you're confronting in the movie is is that you know yeah it can serve good but also what is the motivation behind people filming these bad things yes yeah Yeah. i mean i i think the simple answer is it comes down to what do you do when you take the video right if you if you you know try to report it to the police first and it doesn't work out and then you put it online okay sure i understand because you're trying to share it with the world if you don't do anything with it of good other than just putting it online and your caption is oh look at this crazy thing that's happening and no i don't you know think it's coming from a good place but simultaneously i think it's so easy to um say that you know somebody's posting online like that's the villain let's go attack them which is what happens in the film rather than taking a step back and think okay well maybe this comes from education or the way we're raising our children is there a way we can address how we should treat each other as human beings earlier on in life or address you know, our, our world is obviously changing. The internet is completely interwoven what we're all doing every second of the day. Let's all talk early on. Like, let's mm-hmm. teach our kids in elementary school how to use this thing for good because it is an incredibly useful tool while it also can be incredibly damaging and terrible. <laughs> so how do we fix that? You know, how do we keep it around without making it evil? Well, yeah, and I mean, we see it all the time with clickbait headlines and clickbait videos they say never read the comments and but if you do you end up seeing a lot of people judging it just by the headline they'll never even watch the video right you know Mm -hmm. and and you've got that in um 
you know, in, in your film as well, where you've got people who just take what the one sensational news reporter is saying and don't mm -hmm. look any further than that. So you're getting judged and people are getting spit on. <laughs> and, yes. uh, yeah, you know, so I thought that was an interesting window into that. Um, so, I, I, you know, one of the things I was wondering is, would you consider this a horror film or just thriller? Or Because they classify it as a horror film, but there seem to be... You know, I have a lot of different elements, so I was just wondering where where it might sit with you personally. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I would, I would honestly, I'd probably say it's a psychological thriller. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say it's a psychological thriller with horror and elements. Oh, there but you go. That's like a toggled on icon that you could click <laughs> if you were going to categorize it on a on film website. So then I would say psychological thriller. <laughs> And uh, with horror, were you a fan of Final Destination? Because you get to uh, you got to work with the, the the man who made Final Destination series. <laughs> so, uh, were you a fan of that and horror films going into this? Or, uh, I mean, not to not to age myself. I don't know what the opposite thing is. Reveal how young I am, but uh, I was in I think elementary school when those films first started coming out. Honestly, maybe younger. <laughs> so, I I mean. My first introduction to those films is, oh, this is the reason why I don't get on roller coasters. Right. That is always the first thing that goes through my head. This is why I'm terrified. Now when I'm driving, I will never drive behind a truck. Those commercials ruined it for me, or the trailers <laughs> ruined it for me. And now that I'm older, I've seen them. Uh, I'm just not the biggest fan of horror films. I feel like I, I just I get so scared in general throughout life. I'm, I'm such a jumpy person. <laughs> for a psychological thriller than I am a horror because I just, I won't sleep for days. <laughs> I don't <need> that. <laughs> well, it, it, horror is not for everyone. I mean, I'm a big horror fan and, and I won't say how old I was when final destination came <laughs> out, but uh, let's just say I was able to go to the theater to watch. Right. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you know, I think it's, and it's October, so it's the season of horror, but I think thriller, uh, the film, even though it is more thriller elements, it it still can fit into the season because uh, you get an oh. emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. um, what what you're witnessing is is horrific, you know. And, and then I've had long discussions about people with people about films that aren't considered horror films yet they have really horrible things happen to people in them. Mm -hmm. So would that uh, classify it? So yeah, I just I was wondering on that on. Uh, what you thought of it. And yeah, it, it definitely is a thriller for sure. Uh, especially with the, uh, uh all the, the things going on now, uh, you've not only do acting, but you've done producing as well. I was doing a little digging yes. and, uh, uh, yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about that of your, your, uh, venturing into producing? Cause you did a, a TV series and you have a short as well that you, yes. Um, you know, I will say those are projects that I worked on one when I was in college, one post college. And right now I'm actually producing a podcast. Oh. Uh, and I'm actually just incredibly grateful for my friends who I was able to work on the project mm -hmm. with because producing is hard. <laughs> it is difficult. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I get a lot of thrill and energy from it. Whereas I don't necessarily have the same pressure that I put on myself when I'm uh, acting or writing, I will say. But um, it is just interesting trying to figure out how to throw all of those different elements together. And that also makes me even more appreciative as an actor of what everybody had to put together to make this project come to life. 
I mean, it, it seems like crazy odds for a film to actually realistically be made and then put into theaters, be able to like, you know, get the locations and get the cast. And um, it also made it easier working on this project as well, because I was able to look at each person and I knew what their job was. I knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I just, I was like, I couldn't even imagine how much work you're putting in right now. And it made me want to work that much harder to make sure that I gave them what they were looking for, for, you know, how much work they were putting in to get it done. Awesome. Yeah. I was wondering on that, on, on the producing side. So which one would you would prefer to do, or do you, would you be able to do it? Would you want to do it all? Uh <laughs> oh, I 100% want to do it all. I, I, uh, if I, in my dream career, I say this now, I, I'm sure I'll change my mind in six months, but, um, once I act in anything, I like to focus on that thing, mm -hmm. and then we'll be able to jump to my next thing. So there's always going to be time in between, um, and I would love to be able to write and produce during that time. I also know that I am just I'm so uh, grateful and excited for the diversity that's mm -hmm. appearing on television and film right now, and I really, really hope that stays. Uh, but I, my goal would be to have my own production company so I can bring more of those projects, like mm -hmm. try to figure out what we're not seeing, whose story we're not seeing on TV, but who 100% exists in this world and who deserves to have those stories shared. Um, so then I can find people who want to write those stories and be in those stories. And that's what I would want to put out. Oh, that, that sounds, I, I definitely watch stuff like that. Cause I think, yeah, we definitely need more diverse stories and we're just slowly getting to it now. And it'd be nice to get to a point to where, those type of stories aren't exactly headlines. It's normal right. everyday routine, you know, because, exactly. um, you know, directors and that you have uh, uh, diverse directors now showing up and it's a big headline. And one day I just like to say, oh, this person's doing this film. And you're like, oh, that's great. You know? Yes. Yes. And that's honestly what I loved about working on this project that, um, like you said, we had a very diverse uh, cast and a pretty diverse crew. Um, and, you know, granted, being in this country, you can't, ex in my opinion, I don't think I, I will speak for me, I think it's pretty impossible to exist on a day to day basis and not assume that being black doesn't cross my mind at mm -hmm. least once a day. It's <laughs> always going to be a part of my story where it might not, I'm assuming it probably isn't um, being white in America. Um, but being a person of color in general, not just black, I'm sure it does cross your mind on a day to day basis. But it doesn't have to be the main, I don't think it has to be the main plot point all the time. I think you, you do a disservice to the project to not have it mentioned, um, to not have it shown in some way. But even something that we talked about, the uh, first scene in the film, not to give too much away, but I'm, uh, I, wrap, I wake up and my hair is wrapped. Right. Um, and that was something I said. They were asking me, you know, like, can we put makeup on you? And I was like, honestly, I don't really care. Sure. For the sake of film, put makeup on my face. But my <laughs> one request is that I want people to know what black women look like when they wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. I want this to not be weird. I don't want to, you know, I think of the amount of times I was made fun of at sleepovers when I was younger because I wanted to wrap my hair, like put my hair up like my mom would always tell me to do. And I wouldn't do it at my sleepovers because I was so embarrassed um, with being surrounded by my white girlfriends who didn't understand. And so now it's like, okay, well, if people see that in films, people are going to be like, oh, that's what people do. That's not a weird thing. That's not an abnormal thing. And so it's, you know, it's funny to me that this film has nothing to do with that, but it's right there. Like, mm -hmm. that's all we're looking for. That's how you share those stories. And and I think, like you said, you, you uh, 
you know, it felt awkward because uh, your white friends weren't quite familiar with it. I think if we get presentations like that on film and, you know, regularly, it won't be, you know, oh, my, what's what's she doing or what what is that? I, I think it'll help, you know, get people just realize that everybody has their own, you know, traditions, routines, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's not within the bubble of your existence. And that's OK. You know, you know, but but it's not weird either. That's just that's just there. How, you know, how the uh, uh, individual, how they wake up in the morning or how they uh, talk to each other or how they dress, you know. Um, And I think it kind of goes along with the mask thing (laughs) because everybody that's always the top subject. But you're seeing commercials now with people wearing masks. You're seeing ads Mm -hmm. with people actually have masks. And I think if you can you know presented in a a authentic way it will help people uh not think of it as odd and it'll become normal and more comfortable and then you can have conversations more about things without feeling awkward or you be able to do things without feeling like oh what are they going to (laughs) say right yeah i know i never even thought about that but that is true the more that i'm seeing masks on tv the more i'm just like you know one day I really cross my fingers. I'm really hoping early to mid next year will pretty much be over the hurdle of this thing. But at the same time, you know, I think of the amount of times that I've been forced to go to work or school when I'm very obviously sick and not just, Oh, I have a cold. It's like I had strep throat. I only got medication all of 12 hours ago and I'm sitting there like, so I'm just cool, cool, cool. I'm just, I'm here exposing everybody else to potentially get sick too. And like, you know, everybody's just these normal strains. Oh, yeah, I was in class with someone who was sick, so I knew I was going to get it. Like, no. <laughs> Do I, I would not have a problem with masks just becoming a thing yeah. that we do like, if we just normalize it everywhere. And you're so right. The more you see it on TV, then it's just like, oh, it's just like, mm-hmm. that's what it is now. This isn't weird. We just not something we have to be afraid of. It keeps us all safe. So why not? And and it's just like with diversity and shows and movies and TVs, I think the more diverse you can make them, the more people will become, you know, uh, it won't be a a sensational headline and it becomes kind of the norm and and people can just live and look at other people as people and not as being something different. I mean, that I know that's a little optimistic, but uh, (laughs) we'll get there. I think we will. We'll try our best. (laughs) So uh, since you did produce it in acting, would you ever think of doing directing? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I love, I really do love writing. I really do love acting. Uh, and I definitely feel like directing fits more in those bubbles than they do producing. However, it's so interesting that directing, probably all of, all of them, you have to consider producing the most. You do to a certain extent with writing. So you have to figure out whether or not it makes sense. But they usually tell you, just try it, and then somebody will be able to figure it out. Directing, it's your job to make all of those elements work. And that is just too much for me. <laughs> a lot of the acting coaching. So sometimes if people ask me, do I want to be a director? I'm like, yes. And then I'm like, wait, no. I don't want to have to think about the set. I don't have to think about like the quality of the image. I don't want to have to think about the lighting. Like that is that is stressful. A director's job is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely not. 
Yeah, I, I've heard it's very uh, stressful job. So because you've got not only that, but then directors usually know the behind the scenes because they're always talking to producers. So they're thinking exactly. budget and everything mm -hmm. else. And it's like, oh, man. It, so, yeah, it's uh, it, I, I have mad respect for directors quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, but producers and actors, I mean, you, you, you put your performance out there, you're committing in front of a camera. And especially as we mentioned, social media, which is at the forefront with this film, uh, the world judges instantly. Oh, yeah. So I have uh, a lot of respect that, uh, you know, you're uh, willing to go in front of camera, do these performances and put yourself out there, basically. Um, kind of knowing, uh, as like I said before, you don't read the comments, right? Because you kind of know you're putting yourself out there and there's always going to be those people. <laughs> Right, you exactly. Know. Yeah. But um yeah, it, it's a great movie. Everybody should check it out. Um where can they keep up with your stuff uh when uh you know you're not on podcasts and, and doing the press or in that? Where can they keep up with uh, your future projects and that? Do you have a website or anywhere? Uh I actually do have a website. I took it down for a bit, but it should be relaunching soon. But it's just my name, Courtney Bell, K O U R T N E Y B E L L dot com. And uh a more so importantly, my Instagram, K-O-K-O -K -O dot B-E and then four L's. Uh, it, I, I, you know, I think I would have been much better born in the 70s or the 80s. I don't understand using social media. I don't understand how to stay up to date, but I know I'm supposed to. So that's where you can find my stuff. I, my friends keep me up. They remind me what I'm supposed to post and what I'm supposed <laughs> to do so i think there <laughs> well there's so much social medias now too it's like well which one oh, do i yeah. post more do i i mean there's a reason why there's people now who are social media managers they make a living exactly. out of it i'm just <laughs> like because just trying to keep up with it on my own i'm like well where did i post here did i did i post here right, did I? Yeah. exactly and Am now I post is my post too much? Is it too little? I want to show gratitude, but also, am I being annoying now? Am I bombarding my followers? Yeah, the, the joys of social media. So uh, last question would be, if you had one role in the future that you'd like to, like, if you had a chance to play any role, what would it be? If I had a chance to do any role, um... I'm on a Christian Bale kick right now. So <laughs> I, you know, I just think it's so interesting there. His career, the way his career has been shaped, he pay, plays these larger than life characters in this really grounded, honest way that just all exist on planet earth. Um, and so I don't know if that's as specific as I could or should be, but um I just think, I don't, I don't know why I think men very oftentimes have the opportunity to play something completely different than themselves. And sadly, a lot of the roles that women get are kind of put into boxes. Not always. I mean, I think Margot, a person like Margot Robbie or Kate Blanchett, um, Helena Baum Carter, they, like, they've all had, they've all been able to play these larger than life characters. So I guess I regretfully, I should have listed no, them. Okay. <laughs> Christian Bale really pops out to me right now. Mm -hmm. Anything that he's done, I would love for you to just try something like that. It seems mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, I mean, he losing weight for I think it was the mechanic or or uh, the machinist, whatever. Uh, where he lost like just, and then he goes and he puts on weight for a role, you know, in a in a political film. It's it's his yeah. what he puts his body through. 
uh, is crazy. Um, you know, and you mentioned about female uh, roles being kind of put in the boxes occasionally. You, you kind of get the breakout. Would you say maybe that's because of possibly who's writing the scripts? They think, oh yes, you know, they, they think that's what it is. And because I've watched a few movies to where you could tell the writer thought they were being like, oh, I'm writing a strong female character. And you're watching it going, no. No. <laughs> really? Well, you know, and I, I honestly, I don't want to speak incorrectly or out of mm-hmm. term. Like, by all means, I hope somebody corrects me if I'm wrong. Because it's not that I can't think of a slew of actors who are obvious or actresses who are obviously um, playing larger than life roles. I also am terrible with uh, names. I'm really bad with names. But uh, uh, Julia, I forgot her real name, Dreyfus mm-hmm. in Vice. Uh, they're not vice, sorry, Veep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, every character that she plays is always very out of this world. Uh, Frances McDormand, is it mm-hmm. men? Yeah. Men. Uh, everything that she does is wild and out of this world. Tilda Swinton is absolutely crazy. But I think it's also wild to me that the names that people pull from of these incredible actresses um, are still very oftentimes put into parts where you're just playing the beautiful wife. Yeah. You're playing a beautiful mother whose child has died. And it's not like these characters aren't incredible. It's not like they aren't heart-wrenching. It's like, why can't women, why can't we just have permission to just be weird? Why can't we just be wonky? It's like Christian Bale gained how much weight to be mm-hmm. in Vice and then lost so much weight right after, like you were saying, to be in Ford and Ferrari. And no one is sitting there wondering, like, but are you still hot, Christian Bale? <laughs> are you still attractive? Are you still sweet and kind? Um, I don't know if you've seen Succession, but I think uh, Sarah Snook, I think is her last name, is, I mean, just evil. She's evil, but she's just as evil as all of her other siblings. And she doesn't do it in a stereotypical bratty mean girl way. Like, you, you love her. She's not stupid. She's insanely intelligent like the rest of them. And I'm like, we need more of that. What's wrong with that? Why can't Why can't we see that? all the time um and i 100 percent think that is because we need to have more women writing these things mm. and directing these things we need to have more women um of color writing and directing these things because all of the women that i named if i'm not mistaken are all white i don't yeah. think i mentioned what women of color mm-hmm. which i know i could come up with now but it's like that the fact that that's what rolls off my tongue from the get mm-hmm. i wish that was different yeah it it it, it would be great if that it could be different, but that's in the forefront. And, and yeah, you're right. Writers and directors, the, the behind the scenes, a lot of people I think focus about, well, who's in front of the camera and diversity in front of the camera, but you also need it in the back end, you know, the background, the, the, the writers, the, the base of it, because the perspective is different. I notice scripts are different when written by women than men, as far as female dialogue. Because, oh, yes. you know, mm-hmm. you could always tell, I think, when you could tell a woman wrote wrote the dialogue because it seems more natural, you know, yes, it, yes. you know, the, 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 the guy who thinks he knows what a woman right. is. <laughs> you know? and, when girls are alone in a room, all we do is talk about boys, right? There's nothing <laughs> else that we can think about. We have no other purpose in life and our children. That is it. Well, That's yeah. all. It it may be maybe the job, but you know, that's that's oh that's job. You don't want to talk about that, right? Exactly. Yeah, you're so right. You just we need the voices who are telling us who are from the get who starts it, it's the writers. So 
it, and you mentioned, but, you know, female roles being weird. Uh, that's why I loved Birds of Prey, you know, uh, the uh, Harley, you know, with Harley Quinn, oh, uh, yes. Margot Robbie, you know, because you have you have a diverse group of women who uh, are their own characters, but they have some of them have characteristics you normally see in, in male characters. You had just totally crazy characters you know and yeah it seemed like some people had problems with that and i loved i, I thought it was great it, it, to see different roles for these female characters rather than just being the in the metal bikini bra you know or the metal armor you know right mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's the, um who i a theory that i have this is also something that somebody could easily tell me that i'm wrong and i would love if somebody did because i'd love to just be able to have a discussion about it but I've noticed that, uh, in my opinion, female characters who are evil mm -hmm. are oftentimes the strongest characters that are written. Mm -hmm. um, and not to gender stereotype, which obviously I'm gender stereotyping, but Hollywood oftentimes, you know, follows those sure. gender stereotypes. So it's not like you can't you can't ignore that they're there. Um, but if you think of Margot Robbie's character in that, or um, Amy and Gone mm -hmm. Girl or Cersei Lannister and Game of Thrones. I feel like men will write these evil women and they're like, we cannot justify her just being evil for no reason. We just can't make her mean and then walk away because that seems so wrong. Whereas like you could do that with a man, nobody really cares. And if the woman is just like sweet and nice, they're like, oh great, we can do that. And nobody really cares. When you make them evil, they're like, oh, we need this like really layered and intricate explanation of why they <laughs> are the way they are. If you even like, go back to Shakespeare, Lady mm -hmm. Macbeth and Cleopatra notoriously are, you know, people always say like two of the best female written characters in Shakespeare. Why? They're evil. <laughs> so their justification <laughs> of what they're doing has to be so grounded, so rooted, so specific mm -hmm. that you all of a sudden they just become like perfectly flawed humans like we give permission for men to be all the time. Uh, yeah. So I find it really fascinating that, that is, uh, that's how it plays out in my head, at least. It, it, it is more prevalent you have stronger female roles who the stronger female roles tend to be evil versus good guys. I mean, that's why when you get Wonder Woman or you get Captain Marvel or something along that lines or, uh, you know, uh, the practically the entire female cast in Black Panther. Uh, well. When you get strong, when you get strong female characters like that, you know, um, you don't actually see them not be evil just be the good guys and i think people are taken aback by it and it kind of stands out because you're just like whoa you're like they're yeah. really good she's really smart but she's not really smart because her brother died and so she wanted to pick up the mantle she's just highly she's intelligent <laughs> exactly and that's but that's why people are loving it because mm -hmm. we're not used to seeing something like that uh you know seeing these women who are warriors and not warriors because they have to all of a sudden they just they decide one day that they're going to dress like a man and hide you know to the world and like cut their hair and like you know like that's that's true feminism when you decide to dress like a man it's like no we're just like we're just being us like we've been like this since day one we're just as strong as everybody yeah. else um but i definitely think they're going to keep making more of those films because yeah. They're all so successful. Right. Why wouldn't they? And, and that's what's great is that they were successful. So we all know 
money makes the world go around and it moves things through Hollywood. So it, it, those, it, if people can, you know, if they can prove that uh, these diverse films and showing people in these roles that we're not really used to in a film culture, which you don't realize until you're confronted by something different that breaks that mold. And then you're just think mm -hmm. back and you're like, you know, on our podcast, we talk about looking at things through 2020 eyes and we've been going through some old films and we look back at those films that we thought maybe were entertaining. And we look back now and went, oh, oh, yes. yeah, <laughs> I've had a couple of those realizations with my favorite movies. I mean, they're still good films. You still like them. But at the same time, right. you're just like, wow, OK. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know. But isn't that with everything? I yeah. mean, like you constantly look back to the things that we were doing when we were younger decades ago and you're just like, why, how? But that's what makes it great. You mm -hmm. constantly should be aspiring to get better. I know so many people made fun of Matthew McConaughey and his award speech when he was like, the person that I'm inspired by the most is me. That's <laughs> like, so self-indulgent. But it's not mm -hmm. at all. That's the best answer that I think somebody should give. It's like, that's a person who is enjoying life. That is exactly why we're supposed to be here. We're only supposed to be here to grow, to learn, to get better, and to have fun while we are doing it. And he is obviously doing it. So. <laughs> he is. And <laughs> you seem to be having fun in front of the camera and, and doing what you're doing. And we appreciate you quite a bit. I, I do uh, for doing... Uh, you know, this film and just uh, the work you're doing as acting and being out there. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate your time uh, talking to me yeah, today, you, you so know, uh, uh, you know, and we'll post the links and stuff to all your stuff. And uh, anybody listening, check out Don't Look Back. Uh, it used to be called The Good Samaritan, which I get distribution, but I kind of like that title better. <laughs> I miss it. I do. <laughs> I thought that was more fitting, but uh, yeah. And uh, what would be your next project that people should look for? Uh, well, most recently, people can find me on All American on the CW season two. Uh, it also streams on Netflix. But aside from that, COVID is kind of shaking everything up. <laughs> so I'm figuring that out with everybody else right now. <laughs> and, and you said you're producing a podcast. What's uh, the name of the podcast? We can plug it Yes, we are actually in the middle of selling it. So I don't know oh, okay. if I can say the name. Sure. However, it will definitely be on my social media once it is released. So yes, <laughs> awesome. it will be posted on my Instagram. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you so much, Courtney. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye